Who raised you? Crime? Mistakes? And these motherfucking bitches? Y'all comedians know you've been biting the hate no TK on. shit for too long. TK. Motherfucking TK. Yeah. TK said, bit of bridge and got over it. Want the spot, but he holding it. You control, he controlling it. This shit clay, he just molding it. Had to beat all of them cases. Change all of they faces. Who raised you motherfuckers? They ain't think I was gonna make it. Keep it G to a G. It's always me versus me. Never me versus him. Cause I can't be like them. Said Latham put me on hold. But this ain't glitter, it's gold. How you gonna say no? And you don't really know. Who raised you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkland podcast. You know, every week I try to bring you an interesting person in this world, in this universe. And um, I just happened to been following this lady for a long time, and she's been on her grind. She's been on her hustle. And I just want to give back to the universe of people who have um, caught my eye to inspire other people in the universe. Introduce yourself, sweetheart. Hello, my name is Sonotra Sturden, and I am a real estate broker here in Texas and also a real estate broker in Illinois. Now, my, one of my quick questions is, everybody has a different story. So how is it that, what motivates you, what motivated you to get in real estate? Like, what's your background and how did you get started? Okay, yeah, that's crazy how I got into real estate uh, because I went to school. I got a bachelor's degree in computer science, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't interested in computers, but they said that was going to be our future, so I went ahead mm-hmm. and did that. So I got into real estate because I wanted to invest in it. My dad owned it owned a two-unit building in Chicago, and once mm-hmm. he explained to me how the tenants paid him rent, I was just like, wow, okay, I want to buy a property. So I went and got my real estate license back in 2003 with mm-hmm. the intentions of just being an investor. But at right. the time, the real estate market in Chicago was doing so well, I just started getting deals. I started getting buyers and sellers, and I quit my corporate America job, and I've been doing real estate since 2003 full time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how did you manage during the, the breakdown in 06, 07? That was a rough time. It was a rough time, but also in 2005, I had got my uh, real estate appraiser license. So I'm a real estate appraiser here in Texas as well. <laughs> so that was good because um, they still need appraisals at that rough time. So people right. were opening house, they had to do short sales, and then you still had people buying and refining. So that was a second stream of income, which mm-hmm. turned out to be my primary income. Uh, so um, 2007, 2008, I was still doing great because orders was just coming through the door. That's awesome. You know? So you covered all bases, not really knowing that was going to happen to the market. Not really knowing, yep. Yeah, not really knowing that happened to the market. So now with your with your journey, where is it, what do you want to do moving forward? Like, okay, we got to real estate. You're doing constant. I see this beautiful Afro-American woman. Not Afro, African, because I got corrected one day about Afro. African-American woman doing a thing. So how do you feel about that? And after that, I want to talk to you about this um, this election that we got going on. Okay. Uh, so how do I feel about it going forward? Or Yeah, with your career. Like, what are, what are, what are your plans? Well, I'm... 
Well, I'm always going to want to sell real estate, but my primary focus is investing. I want to make sure I leave some real estate to my son. I do own a few properties um, in Chicago and here uh-huh. in Texas, and um, I just want to continue to invest. So I still sell property. I love working with buyers and sellers. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, that's not my only stream of income. I want to have, you know, my rental income coming in. Anything ever happened to me, all of that will go to my son. And then I also do rehabs. And I did one new construction deal uh, in Texas. And I'm looking forward to doing another one. But I haven't been able to find one as sweet as that one. But, um I did one rehab job this year in the middle of COVID. You know, I closed like one week before COVID happened. Wow, that's awesome. And that was probably the best rehab that I did because we rehabbed it in like five weeks. I got two offers the first day. I list the property. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of them was a cash buyer, and we closed like two weeks later. So in 87 days, I purchased the house, rehabbed it, and sold it in the middle of COVID. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you being an attractive woman, um, beautiful, be- just a, a very attractive young lady. Thank is you. there a certain style that you have when you go meet a client? Sometimes do you have to dress down? Do you dress up? Do you show a little uh, ankle, a little calf <laughs> muscle? Like, what are some of your secrets? I mean, because you got a booty, so that's going to be there. So I'm just curious on... Is there yeah, a strategy you to your dressing? Um, you know, Texas is hard. This heat mm-hmm. is crazy. So while I try to cover up as much as me as possible and look presentable and not be too dressy, because, you know, you're walking upstairs, you're walking in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't want to be falling on my face. But I do try to dress casual but conservative. Now, right. I can't do nothing about hiding a butt, but right. I definitely don't wear anything that's too tight and revealing. And there's the times that I would put on a ring on my finger when I'm meeting couples because I mm-hmm. want the wife to feel comfortable, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I've been told, you know, like, okay, the husband was looking at the house. They probably were looking at you. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't like those comments when I'm taking care of business. Right. So I'll put on true. a ring sometimes when I'm meeting new couples that don't know me personally. Okay, that's respect. That's called clever. You got. You have to be clever in your game. Yeah, I'm about my money. I'm quite so. sure you've had this happen, right? You ever have a couple come shop a house with you, but then the guy double back and call you and wants to take you out? No, I haven't. I don't know. Oh, I haven't. It. No, okay, niggas ain't too bad. <laughs> no, I haven't. That's um, something I, I would, would do. Say, I would say like a vendor, maybe like a contractor or, you know. I'm being funny. Like Did you that. hear me? That's something I would do. You said that's something you would do? Yeah, I'm messing with you, though, but go ahead. Right. I was about to say, <laughs> no, not if you marry. You wouldn't do that. Oh, hmm. Uh, okay. No, well, no, that's no, I'm just, that's another podcast. Listen. I'm just right. being funny. I'm just being <laughs> funny. Uh, you know, uh, this is um, a spiritual day for me, so I always try to do um, good things, especially early in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, especially early in the morning. So now, you go. And so you are a registered voter. Yes. Now, here's my opinion on the the election. You tell me about this. See, I don't like none of the candidates. Right. Yes. I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. I don't like mm-hmm. Harris or Pence. Mm-hmm. What I try well, to do in the universe 
Oh, Kanye. No, we don't even want to mention his name. <laughs> they, like, okay. to say his name is beneath my intelligence. I don't even want to have a discussion about him. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Um, my thing with the world is that, and I'm going to start starting the day, I'm really going to put my foot down about not telling people who to vote for, but giving them a reason why they should vote. You have a lot of people say, I'm not going to vote because they don't care about us. And that is so true. They don't care about us. You never, in all the elections, even with Obama, you never heard what they say they're going to do for the black man what they're going to do for the black community and stuck to it. And if I'm wrong, somebody please correct me. But we can't have a leader who's a habitual liar the way Donald Trump is. You can't have a leader that will take children from their families at the Mexican border, and when they come back with their paperwork, they can't find their children especially in the climate of the world we have today. We don't know if you're selling the kids. We don't know what you're doing. But you can't tell a mother and a father you don't know where their child is. That has to be a horrible, horrible experience. Then you have racism at its highest level, and you have shooting at its highest level, and it's not coming from the top to say, this ends today. We're going to love each other. We're going to take care of each other. No president has ever said that. We're going to love each other. Because if you start saying that, that spills over into the community. So when I try to tell people about what you have to do, you got to get Trump out because Biden and Harris is the bridge to the real president that's going to put this thing together. See, my philosophy and my theory is it's going to take four presidencies to get the country back to where it was for, mm-hmm. you know, because um, Biden and Harris not going to do it. Matter of fact, when Biden and Harris are going to get in, they're going to do some fucked up, but it's not going to be bad as Trump. It's not going to okay. be bad as Trump. They get one term. Then the next president who comes after Biden and Harris should be the one who gets a two term deal and bring this thing all together. So I wanted to know, you being from Chicago, you see what's happening in the community there. You see that no one's done nothing but talk. Even the mayor, the governor of Chicago, has done nothing to protect those young men and women in Chicago getting killed and shot down and gunned down the way they do every day in that city. So with that, along with the Biden, Harris, and um, Trump and Pence, I wanted to know, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because it affects your business, that um, the way the economy is, goes up and down, correct? It does, yeah. It it affects it one way or another. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, people always need a place to live. Mm-hmm. So whether they're selling, buying, refining, losing it, um, you know, I'll – I, I would hope that I would continue to stay busy, you know, with. That's awesome. Because um, whether yeah. they're losing or buying, losing or winning, exactly. you got a hand in it. Oh, that's that awesome. Way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Chicago, I, I don't know. That's one reason why I left. Um, you know, because of the violence, and I have a son. I have a 13 year old son. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely didn't want to raise him there. 
But I don't know what it's going to take to get Chicago, you know, back on track. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it was violence. And my family, um, you know, is over there in Inglewood, what was once named the worst neighborhood in Chicago. And it may still be, but they fought over there. It wasn't really shooting when I was growing up. So I would see people jumping each other, maybe busting out windows with that. But the shooting wasn't like that when I was a kid. Okay. So I don't know. I, I don't have to answer for it. I get asked that a lot. And even being here in Texas, as soon as I say I'm from Chicago, you know, that's a whole other story on the right. oh, yeah. and all that. So I don't think, uh, I mean, we got Lori in office now. At one point, they said she was doing good. But now with all the protesting and everything going on, I'm kind of seeing those um, comments being reversed now, and they're complaining that she's not doing enough. But I don't follow the news that much in Chicago anymore because it's so depressing. It really right. is. It's sad. But we definitely have to um, vote. It's funny you say that because I got online yesterday because I said I would go work at a poll. You know, somebody in the neighborhood put something online saying that we need more of the younger generations at the polls. So I was like, you know what, I would do that, you know, just to try to help out. I don't have time to do much community service, but I would definitely do that. So, um, you know, I agree we have to choose the, uh, what do they say, the lesser of the two evils. Right. But um, neither candidate, you know, I'm like 100% happy, you know, to vote for, but I will be voting. Yeah, because nobody um, nobody moves me. And this is another thing, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, this is a true example of your past catching up with you. See, because when Biden ran with um, Obama, we didn't hear all this BS that we hear now about the kind of man he was in the 70s and 80s. And I am a true believer. People do change. People Mm -hmm. do grow. Because what I want our African-American people to stop doing is to say, oh, I'm not going to vote for him because he said this before you were born. Mm -hmm. You understand? Harris... Um, I'm uncomfortable with what she did to the African Americans in California. Um, we have to live with it and hopefully we can hold both of those candidates to the fire in doing something for more blacks. And what do you think? Why do you think they don't help blacks out? Like we don't get... When we talk about reparations, it's never really discussed for it's just mentioned. I remember them talking about that all the way back in the day with um, Public Enemy and Spike Lee, way before then. But every other nationality gets it except us. And my, my question to you is on this one. Why do you think we don't get it? Why do you think they don't want to give it to us? Um, I, I think it, it starts from generations ago, you know, blacks not, you know, being inferior to every other race. But one thing that I don't like is, um, and not attacking my people, but one thing that I don't like is this black-on-black violence. You know, it's like right about now we all need to be coming together. 
So mm-hmm. for us to be out here fighting and protesting, saying Black Lives Matter, and then right after they show that on the news, they're showing five, you know, kids were shot, you know, at a birthday right. party. Right. You know, to me, it's like they're looking at it like they don't care about each other, you know. So let's right. pacify the situation. Exactly. Even let's when pacify. you post that on Instagram or on platform, people will say, yeah, but y'all kill each other. Or some person to say, oh, TK, the white community kills more white Whites than black. Yeah. Like, that makes a difference. We, no disrespect. We're not caring about them. Mm-hmm. We're talking about us. Exactly. We're talking about us. Mm-hmm. And, I, exactly. and, and no disrespect, there's some ignorant people on social media. I can tell sometimes by the replies people give their education level and they common sense. That's why my blog game is so cold on social media. Uh-huh. Like, if you say something stupid on my shit, sometimes right. I might interact with you because you caught me, you caught me, and I, I took the bait, and, and plus I like to talk shit at least two times a week. But okay. most of the time, I'll, I'll block you because I ain't got time for that bullshit. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. My yeah. I, my blog game is just, this right thumb is strong than a motherfucker. I'm like, block. Yeah. Well, I definitely think we're a strong race, but what it's going to take for all of us to realize that and all of us to come together, I do not know. Um, You know, I think we're, yeah, I think a lot has to do with, you know, we're concerned with the wrong thing, you know, for our fashion and, you know, material things and, you know, instead of putting those, that money into resources that can, you know, build your legacy for your family, you know, that can get you out the hood, you know, relying on welfare for years, that's not helping. That's just making us lazy and, you know, expecting for the government to take care of people who, Mm -hmm. you know, can take care of themselves. So I get it that, you know, a lot of times we're, you know, opportunities are not presented to us and, you know, it makes it hard and, you know, some people are not strong as others and they give up. But like you said, there's no one answer or no right answer. It's just, I don't know. Here's the thing that I find interesting. I find that people really don't respect money and they don't know how to manage. Uh Let's take the eviction situation that's going on now that um, some of the policies has been uplifted and people, owners now can got to get people out of the house and people about to be homeless, right? Uh-huh. And they never said that you don't have to pay. But what people didn't do when they got the SBA loans and they got the PPP loans where they got the unemployment, when they was getting the 1200 or the $900 or what amount of money was getting a week, they wasn't putting nothing on the rent. Right. They were just spending, not thinking that they're never going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. But you have to pay something. So if your rent was a thousand, you should pay five hundred. If your rent was two thousand, you should pay a thousand. So by the time you do have to pay, the bill yeah. won't be so high. Exactly. I had a friend, not saying exactly what it was. He was from the, um, from the group Black Street, and we do. So you know, I'm always working on people's albums. That's my other thing. I do a lot of stuff with music. So we're doing stuff on the album, and while we're there, he gets put out of his house. He said he was fighting the mortgage company, and um, they had did something was wrong, 
And he said, I yeah, didn't pay him. So I said, well, you should have put that money to the side because what if you lost? And even if you lost, you're still going to have to pay the mortgage company back the money. Just can't live in that house for free. Right. Wind up getting evicted. And what I want people to understand is that just my aunt used to tell me when I was a youngster, she used to always just say, CYA, cover your ass. Ass, yep. And that's how people don't think like that. They don't. They do not think like that. And I, I have to do these shows like this and bring people on like you to show our Afro-American women that whatever you can achieve, what you want. Because you used to be, was you ever married, honey? No, I wasn't. Uh, so I've been a single parent from day one. I was engaged uh, a few years ago. Uh, okay, now was never... it a one-night stand? No, <laughs> my son. No, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, but, you know, it wasn't. How long were y'all together? Well, we went together. Uh, it was just somebody i known, you know, years through one of my family members. And, you know, it was just one of them times in my life that, you know, I was having fun and had too much fun. And he lived in one state, I lived in another. Okay, so, so how long was y'all seeing each other before you got pregnant? Um, We weren't seeing each other, but how long was we messing around? Uh, God, I can't tell you talking about real estate, but okay, let me I tell you. I like uh, to talk about everything. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. I know we went on one trip. It was like a group trip, and that's when it started. Uh-huh. And then he came to see me in Chicago. Right. So, well, I guess he did live in Chicago at one point. I would say it was maybe over nine months, you know. Okay, so y'all probably had sex maybe three or four times in that nine months. Yeah, give or take. Okay, so yeah. that's kind of like a one-night stand. Okay, well, well one night stand sounds like you just met him. And, I know, but you know, it's like a one night stand with an extra few hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, right, whatever it thing. was, it, it, it left me a single parent. So. And is he is, is, is he is he a good dad? No. Uh No. He just wanted he shoplifted the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a, a blessing for me, a lesson for him, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. I wouldn't say anything. It life lesson. Life lesson. Yes. Man, you know how many stories like that, boy? I had three one night stands. And the same night? No, no, no. Three <laughs> okay. night over oh, maybe, okay. a tw- a tw- maybe over a 20 year period. Uh huh. So I got three kids from a one night okay. stand. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, I, I learned after one. <laughs> Man, so good for you. Uh huh. But you had three beautiful kids, so when uh-huh. you look back at it. Yeah, I love I love them all. But when I mm-hmm. think about them one night stands, because one was just like a quickie, and I, I get irritated to this day that I didn't mm-hmm. really get a chance to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, because I like to show off. Okay. Well, you performed. No, nah, I didn't really do what I was supposed <laughs> to do. You finished the show. Right. I did not really. I, and I, when I talk to my son's mom about it from time to time, and he's, a, he's, a, he's 14 years old now. When I talk to him about time to time, I just always say, you know, I just wish that during that time I had did one of my performances of life. Mm-hmm. But it won't happen now, you know. 
you know, those, those, those days is over. But I, I just like to talk about all kind of crazy stuff from time to time. Now, where did you get your education from? School. Um, I went to CVS High School in Chicago, and I went to CVS Chicago like State. the pharmacy. No, Chicago Vocational School. Right, but whenever I say that, naturally that's what people think of the store. Okay. Chicago Vocational School in uh, Chicago is one of the bigger schools on the South Side, and okay. which my cousin is now the principal of that school, so you got family ties. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I went to Chicago State University, and that's where I got my bachelor's in computer science. Okay, okay. And mm-hmm. so how long now you've been living in Texas? And so you sell houses in Texas, you sell houses in Chicago, right? Yes. Now, um, what's your specialty? Multi-million dollar home or it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. But, no, I have never sold a million dollar home. So one day I hope to. Uh, but I've been around, like, uh, I think the most expensive one was 570 Okay. Uh, but you know what's funny is I was telling somebody this the other day. Right now I'm working with like five buyers that's all half a million dollars, uh, you know, price range. Right. And I'm like, during COVID, it's weird to have so many at one time. That's awesome. So that just goes to show that, you know, this COVID is affecting some people, but um, a lot of people are still living, you know. Yeah, but a lot of people got the, the SBA loans. Yeah, but that's not going to get you a half a million dollar house. <laughs> no, but it helps out. Yeah, these people especially are you PP, Especially if you got the PPP loan. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, some people out here buying $300,000 Lamborghinis during the pandemic. Yeah. Now and that going makes right no to prison. Sense. Exactly. I've heard. Yeah, that you makes be no a sense. Fool. Yeah, you get those loans, you better invest it so, because you have to pay it back. But, you know, make that money work for you. you that money but you know it. the PPP loan, you only, if you pay your employees to do what you're supposed to do, you don't have to pay of that, you don't have to pay back. Right. So the, the key word, you said, if you do what you're supposed to do and pay your employees. Yeah. So like, we'll people got to be smart. Mm-hmm. People are not smart. Like, why would you take that? If you got millions of dollars and go buy a Rolls Royce, go buy a Lamborghini. And it ain't just black. I saw white people get arrested too. Uh, okay, well, that was going to be my next question. Okay, who was doing that? But Yeah, it's blacks and whites. I saw one white man. He got like um, two or four million. He gambled. He put some money in the stock market. One person, a black guy, bought a Lambo, uh, hit the strip club. One guy, another Afro-American guy, hit, um, bought a Rolls Royce. Another white guy in Orlando that I read bought a Lamborghini. And they all bright colors. But what people don't get, <laughs> they buy it cash. Hmm. Now, if you're going to be smart, one, you don't buy that car. You go to an exotic rental car place, and you rent that thing for the weekend, and you take it back Monday. But they want to keep it longer than the weekend. Yeah, but that's the dumbest shit in the world. There's no way I'll buy a car that that much to drive around every day and think that somebody might scratch it, somebody might run into it. No way. Yeah, I don't get it either. And then um, if they're buying those cars cash, I hope they have a house that's paid for free and clear. And that's nine the first thing I think thing. about. Yeah. But my yeah. son put me up on game years ago, and he's very smart. Like, no one 
pay cash for a car. Like, you should never buy a car right out because it's the worst investment ever. Because as soon as you go off the lot, it loses appreciation. Uh-huh. It loses value. So it's best to lease, depending on who you are. If you drive a lot, don't lease. Because uh-huh. I think people, when it's time to turn their car in, them motherfuckers is losing it. Yeah, I'm in that situation now. My lease ends on the 15th of September, and I owe about five grand in miles, uh, over the miles, which is the first time I've owned that much because I've been leasing. I've only bought one car, but I've been right. since I've been a car owner. But I'm just going to go ahead and keep the car because there's nothing else out here I want, and it's giving me a great deal on the 2020, but I don't need another $70,000 loan. So I just. Right, so let me ask you a question now. When you keep a leased car, how, when that lease is up, how does that work? So if I turn it in, you know, naturally I got to pay for the miles I went over. Uh-huh. And uh, if it's any damage to the property, what's to the car? But when right. it's there, they usually don't count. Um, but since I want to keep it, I just got to either pay for it cash, which I'm not going to do, um, or get financed for it. And I've already did the numbers. The amount that they're going to finance, well, that they're going to sell it to me for, would really be what I would have paid for it three years ago. So okay, the payments so the- that I'd have made plus what they're going to charge me at the end of the lease to keep the car, it comes to about the same amount. So it really wasn't a big difference. Okay, so are you paying the same amount every month on the car note, or the car note is cheaper because the car now is not as valued as it was when you first got it? Well, the car note would be cheaper because – Technically, now I'm about to get a loan for whatever term. You can get a term for four or five or six years. So that smaller balance is now spread out over uh, Mm. whatever term I select. And the interest rate is less now because of what's going on. But, uh, yeah, it's cheaper than what it was for the lease. All right. So you still can lease it for another three or four years and then – no, I'm buying it now. No, you're gonna buy it now. Yeah, so you got to turn it in or buy it. So, turning in, I would have to give up five grand for miles, or turn it in, and they would have gave me a 2020 and waived the mileage. But turning it in would have been a 70 grand uh, for a new car, and you know, just right now, I don't want to get a seventy thousand dollar car loan. I'm right, good. So here's this. my other question, right? All right, so. Let's say that you want to keep the same car for another three years lease. Like you bring it in and you say, you know what, I'm just going to keep it. I know you say you have to pay the 5000 So let's say you didn't have to pay the 5000 and you wanted to keep the lease car for another three years. Does that price stay the same or is based on what the car is valued at that moment? I don't think you can do that. You can keep it if you buy it from them, but you can't, like, extend a lease. Mm. So I could be wrong, but that's never been presented to me. So you either turn it in or you buy it. Okay, you either turn it in, get a new model, or that way if you want to keep this car now, you have to buy it and refi. Exactly. Now, when you refi, do you still got to put another down payment down, you think? No. So you just refi and just keep it moving? Yes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to know. That is definitely interesting. So we want to get fans from all around the world, from ooh, Australia, 
China. Now, before we talk about that, I was going to share something with you. What do you think about the hitting, and do you know about this, the hidden, the hitting war that China is doing on America that they're not aware of through real estate? Are you aware that no. all the stuff that China is buying? Like, China owns America. And they're buying up everything in Africa as well, to the point that they helped Akon get his own city. That's coming. He have, he's going to have his own city, I think, in, by 2025. They're building it now. Akon, the rapper? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, he's doing it. He's doing it big. In Africa? In Africa. Okay. Yeah, do no. give you a chance Google that China buying up. When I say China buying up everything, see, people don't know China owns the Golden Gate Bridge. They don't know that China owns Rockefeller Center. China owns the Empire State Building. They own a lot of, they own a lot of shit. And that's their hidden war because they are doing things through power of real estate and the computers. Okay. That's how they win it. They don't have they, their war now is you don't have to use guns and weapons to kill each other. They get you another way. And I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised that the COVID thing was intentional. Yeah, I'm sure with COVID definitely got some uh, secrets and plotting going on. Right. It's weird when you look at the Netflix stories on how, you know, some of those movies and stories kind of is what we're going through now. So yeah. I'm like, did they already know this was going on? And or did, you know, that put that in the minds of people and they say, hey, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, did you see they doing all they doing all right over there? Yeah, I they, don't know. They having parties and pool parties, everybody together. Somebody told me the other day, you know, when Trump get out of office, COVID go disappear, <laughs> and all I could do was laugh and Whoa. say, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised. But someone told me that the other day. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, that, the way things so are going it is, isn't it? I'm like, the way things are going now, it's almost nothing surprises me now. Yeah, that's an interesting man. And, and I don't mean that in a positive way. I've never met someone or never knew someone that had the mindset and moved the way that man moved. So let me tell you a quick story of Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. Before he started getting into politics, I used to like Trump. You know, he's into real estate, mm-hmm. and I used to love the Apprentice show. You know, right. one time I was going to go try out for it, uh-huh. and my, my game was I didn't want to work for him. I wanted to be the first contestant on the show to actually get hired, and then I'll turn around and decline the position, you know, because I don't want to work for Trump. I just love right. the show and right. the challenges he had. Yes. So, um, you know, I used to be a fan of him, but as soon as he started running for office, as soon as he started attacking Obama, you know, immediately I was like, wow, this is not the person who I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And when the country just seemed like they were starting to clash and he wasn't trying to, you know, defuse the situation, it seemed like he was amping them up. 
it's like I just lost all, you know, love or, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, I just didn't like them anymore, you know. Yeah, I done. stayed at the Trump Hotel in Vegas, and, you know, <laughs> back then I was a fan. Uh, now it's like, you know, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. And I have a friend in Chicago. He's a white guy. We're real close, good friends. And when Trump was going for office, he didn't want to vote for uh, Hillary. Okay. He was like, anybody but her. And I'm like, well, no, look at Trump. Look the way the country is going. I don't think he's going to be good in office. And now my friend in Chicago hates Trump. And all I could do is to say, you put him there. So everything you're going through now, you put him there. And I tried to warn you. I could have been wrong, but I was right. I told you the country just did not seem like it was going in the right direction when, mm-hmm. you know, he was running for office. Yeah, he just is a- there's something about that man. And here's the thing. Me and you from the street, I don't mind a person getting theirs off the top. Right? <laughs> okay? Get yours off the top. It's okay. Get yours. But when you don't take care of your people, you don't take care of the people, if he was in the streets, he'll be dead. Mm-hmm. If he was in the streets, he would be dead. Because he's so selfish, his whole family is selfish, mm-hmm. and they don't care about nobody. And when you look at the Republicans and the people who vote for Trump or who are candidates for Trump, you question their morals and their integrity as a man or woman because you know this man is lying. And you turn the other cheek. And it goes to show you that depending on who the person is, people are willing to ignore the truth. Yeah. Now, when Obama was in office, I'm using this for example, Obama would have did half the things that Obama, uh, uh, Trump would have did, it would have been a massive lynching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no way Obama could have got away with everything Trump got away with. And it's, and it's just sad. So, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, when you do go vote, vote for who you think is right. We're not trying to – no, I'm trying to sway your vote, your vote to Biden and Harris. I am. I have to be honest with you. I am. Mm-hmm. My job is to give you the information. It's up to you how you process it. But now, but what's important, we want you to support this beautiful young lady who's out here just doing a thing, who is focused, who got to act together. And I bring our women on the show to inspire other women, whether what color, black, white, Hispanic, who listen to my show, because I want you to win. Can you tell them your website, honey, if they ever want to buy a house, give them your website, your phone number. And do not waste her time. Let me say this, Dallas. Do not waste her time. If you're in her area and you're serious about buying, then give her a call. Don't be calling her because she's attractive. Don't be calling her to waste her time or saying, oh, I'm a fan of TK. No. We want real (laughs) buyers for our people who are doing great things with their lives. Here's babe. Give me your website. All right, my website address is www.realestateinthedfw.com. 
That's also my uh, Instagram uh, name, Real Estate in the DFW. And you can reach me at 214-403-4267. If I don't pick up, leave a message or send a text, and I'll definitely return your call. I appreciate your time, ladies and gentlemen. Before you go, let me make, I got to put my little announcements out there real quick. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it's getting ready to go down. You know, we're coming back doing comedy, and uh, and not like it was back in the day, but we're doing comedy. So this um, Friday, September 4th, 5th, catch me at the world-famous Uptown Comedy um, Corner in Hapeville, Georgia. All right, make sure you go to Uptown Comedy's website. Um, get your tickets, make sure you bring your mask, bring your hand sanitizer, all that kind of stuff. But we want to protect um, you from uh, catching it. I want you to protect me from you giving it to me or vice versa. And I want to make you laugh. We want to have a good time. And to um, President California on September 11th, 12th, 13th, catch me at the world-famous Tommy T's. In Northern California, go to their website as well. Get your tickets. You see the information there. And I'll be dropping this stuff as we move forward. Dallas, uh, Houston, New York City, Camden, New Jersey. Everybody's on the list. And um, we're going to move forward. But I just want people to know, during this pandemic, has been one of the greatest moments of my life. And I'm going to tell you why before we go. Because I got a chance to enjoy my home. I got a chance to have some peace of mind, not flying every other day. And I thank you guys for thinking that I'm funny. I thank you for, like, yo, we got to go see T.K. Kirkwood. I thank you so much. But at the same time, after 30-something years of flying almost every other day, because I've never been home in any of my homes, more than two weeks, ever, in 37 mm. years. Wow. So it was a blessing to truly enjoy. Like one of my houses, I've had over 14 years. If you walked in there, you would swear I moved in there yesterday. Everything is like brand new. I updated a lot more stuff since then. But when people do come to my house and say, when did you move in here? It's like 14 years ago. And it's like, yo, the place looks brand new. So... That's how. That's because I've been gone so much. I wish you the best, beautiful. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. And if anyone has questions about real estate, reach out to me. But thanks so much, TK. And can't wait to see you in Dallas soon. You got it, honey. I'll make sure I give you tickets. Okay. All I'll right. Thank you. All bye right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.